Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with writing collaborators Wells Thompson and Dalton Shannon here to promote their upcoming Kickstarter, Frankenstein, The Unconquered. Welcome, Wells. Welcome, Dalton. Hi. Hey. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. But uh, outside of my introduction, who is Wells Thompson and Dalton Shannon, and what are you two about individually? We're a dance team. Uh, <laughs> we've won quite a few awards uh none of them for dancing but uh we keep striving to be the best we can uh yeah we are uh writing duo uh we mean very little without each without the other we're the commitment runs that deep now um we're both That's writers it. we both uh, write comics mostly together um we went to the same college and realized that we were both uh our particular brand of strange uh and uh rather than go it alone in this big scary world called uh i don't know the creative process comics trying to make a job doing something you kind of like as opposed to being wage slave uh we decided to do it together and it's worked out pretty well so far um we are about individually i wells thompson i'm about um let's see uh i'm really into elden ring right now uh um. I, I foster oh, cats. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh, I foster cats and uh, I'm a, uh, a server at a restaurant. So uh, those components individually make up uh, my, uh, what is it, newsletter uh, called <laughs> Comics, Cats, and Cocktails, where we talk about those things. In that order. In, in that order, generally. <laughs> And uh, I'm Dalton, and I make comics, and that's about as deep as it goes. Um, I, I like things that punch other things, um, and I like uh, comics. <laughs> I'm not. I'm he not, works for. I'm you not, have to understand. He works for Walmart, so they like they they own the part of his brain that's good at coming up with stuff on the spot. Yeah, I, that that gets sucked out during the day, and I have to refill my reserves in the evening to actually do comics. Um, but I'm not; it's not a deep pool of inspiration to begin with. It's just things punching other things in a comic book. So it, that's really all there is to it. Swamp Thing, Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's all great. It's like Swamp Thing, Superman, Doom Patrol, <laughs> and then uh, statues of Samus Aran, and that's that's like the entire okay. well of inspiration. Yeah, that's. It's not a deep pool. Yeah, it doesn't have to be deep. I mean, it is what it is. The water's great. It's just, it's pretty shallow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is Frankenstein the Unconquered about? Well, uh, <laughs> that is, uh, on the one hand, a loaded question and not loaded at all, uh, because it's uh, it started off about as shallow as uh, the aforementioned pool, um, where it's Frankenstein meets Conan the Barbarian, and that's the elevator pitch. Uh, that's Frankenstein traveling a bombed out apocalypse with a broadsword fighting other monsters. Um, so that, that, that's that, that surface level kind of, uh, what Frank and Frankenstein the Unconquered is, but it, we have these little nuggets that run through that hopefully make it a little better than the sum of its, uh, uh, high concept, I guess. And Wells, Wells understands those a lot better than I do. <laughs> It's one of those things where if you ask uh, me and Dalton 
something that we've worked on very closely together. What uh, is this about? You're going to get two very different answers. Uh, <laughs> so Frankenstein the Unconquered on one level is uh, a throwback to uh, old school adventure comics like Conan the Barbarian uh, and kind of those uh, action-y B-movies like Terminator 2, uh, Mad Max, uh, things like that, uh, as well as an homage to Universal Horror Monsters, which we both have a, a strong love for. Uh, the old, like, Bela Lugosi Dracula movies, Frankenstein, Boris Karloff, The Invisible Man, Wolfman, things like that. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, as a literature nerd myself, like, <laughs> I'm an English major at my heart, um, I saw a well of uh, adaptations of Frankenstein that were, I don't want to, like, it's kind of gauche to be like, oh, it was, you know, not faithful to the original, whatever that means. Like, every adaptation does its own thing, but, like, pretty egregiously far from the source material, like, not even trying to get anywhere near uh, what Mary Shelley was trying to accomplish. And so when presented the opportunity, I was like, yeah, let's do something cool with that. Let's, uh, let's bring it Let's do our own thing with it, but bring it a little bit closer to the source material and in doing so, investigate some of the themes that were in the book, namely uh, this sort of toxic masculinity that runs through Frankenstein and, uh, and those kind of hyper-masculine characters, Conan the Barbarian, Mad Max, all sort of build upon this, uh, this idea of being hyper-masculine to the detriment of everything else. Mad Max less so, but like Fury Road is a great example of of like the villain is hyper masculine and it's to the detriment of everything else yeah i like to think that mary shelley is rolling in her grave but she's doing it with a hint of pride yeah mary shelley was hardcore <laughs> let's <laughs> let's appreciate that for a minute <laughs> yeah she was so um another comic that you both collaborated on was megaton and was also su uh, successfully funded on kickstarter that's more of like an all ages sci-fi action mm -hmm. kind of comic so while it seems from my perspective it's like a complete 180 with this pulpy action horror comic so like why the 180 can't get pigeonholed right like <laughs> yeah i think part of it was just a uh, uh the desire to do something different uh mm -hmm. like we love doing mechaton but we wanted to sort of flex a different set of muscles uh in uh, doing and kind of juggling both. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's almost like the timeline that's behind the scenes isn't uh, readily apparent, but Mechaton was actually the 180, because uh, Frankenstein original, we've been working on Frankenstein in like ash cans and anthologies for a few years now. And after we uh, did our mm -hmm. first collaboration on Descent into Dread uh, through Caliber, uh, we were like, we need to do something more fun and energetic and uh, lighthearted. And what better story than about a glove that turns anything it punches into a giant robot? So uh, that was our 180. And now we're kind of uh, circling back and fully fleshing out those ideas we've only ever explored in the short story format. Yeah. It's also like thematically speaking, they aren't as far from each other as you might think. Like, Megaton is very much an all-ages story that's meant to be fun and and energetic and, and, I mean, different aesthetically, sure. But both of them have that element of, like, I don't know, 
pulpy uh old school comics kind of uh joy to them uh and the feeling that like i really want to see whose ass is going to get kicked what kind of monster they're going to throw mm-hmm. on the page at least that's what we strive for that's what we hope for um My while also never take themselves too seriously yeah you, you have to be able to look at, you have to be able to point your own story and go hey look at how stupid this is <laughs> um and i think in both i think there's plenty of material in both where we do that yeah i was um while i was while i was reading them i kind of thought in a way that frankenstein may have been first and then you did megaton because that's what happens a lot mm-hmm. when i speak with creators is that the i the the not not the idea but the project they're working on now is something they've been working on for a long time they kind of had to just put it aside for a second or they didn't really know what to do with it like they had it and they had these certain components that they wanted to put in there but they didn't really know how to they couldn't flesh it out so they had to work on something else first and then Mm -hmm. eventually Mm -hmm. they came back to it with a better idea of what they wanted so that's kind of what i got from that yeah. anyway but i mean yeah it right what you're saying that this megaton was actually the 180 makes sense to me sort of <laughs> <laughs> like i mean in the grand timeline of things i think the idea for megaton did come first uh yeah, but that it was like in a very different form yeah it was i mean basically a different reality than what we're living in yeah <laughs> and then yeah. uh we when we started working together frank was basically a writing exercise it was just you know, how can we write a story in eight pages and how can we make it really cool? Uh, so we did Frankenstein and then we drew that and uh, started selling it in booths and that's what, uh, at like comic conventions and that's what started our entire career in comics. So mm-hmm. eventually we always come back to Frankenstein and go, what can what more can we do with this? <laughs> uh, and for a while, the answer was, you know, maybe it just needs to stay in like the eight page format. Uh, and and there's really not a lot more we can do with it. And then uh, I think, and then Dalton uttered the phrase, "What if he fights Mecha Frankenstein?" And I said, "Okay, let's do it." <laughs> I think that's most of how our stories start, right? Yeah, just something completely dumb and that should never work. And then we keep on coming back to it, and we're like, "What? If, okay, but hear me out. <laughs> what if it works?" No, please, I'm serious this time. <laughs> well how how difficult was it for or if it was even difficult was the world building for i love you for this so how did you manage to create a world that is totally your own and integrate your influences into it but maintain frankenstein the unconquered as yours in your world and not someone else's right so how do you take uh uh, of Conan the Barbarian and Mad Max yeah. and put them all together yeah, yeah, yeah. and Frankenstein and create this world where you bring him back sure. after all these years and it's this is yours but we can see the influence at the same time like you don't see I guess yeah. like you say you say these are your influences but this is also your stuff as well so how do you I guess balance that you rip off ruthlessly <laughs> just um pull everything from everywhere that's that's all it is <laughs> i mean i think there is definitely some creativity in there oh, it's uh <clears throat> it's an amount of like both you know we know what we're referencing and obviously that runs pretty deep in like the lifeblood the aesthetic of what we're doing and at the same time we're just you know logically it's you know after it's 500 years after a nuclear apocalypse what does the world look like and just kind of 
uh, trying to sort of, if not like overly logic our way through, just like, well, wouldn't it be cool if if we saw this in the world? Yeah. Um, if you know we, um, like one of the the first images you see after uh, after Frankenstein lands, at least in the old eight page comic, is like this colossal whale skeleton in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I still don't know how it got there, but yeah, who cares? But just like thinking through those elements and being like, wouldn't doesn't that sort of tell a story of the land? Uh, I think that little touches like that give. Uh, give the the world its own flavor that is distinct from anything else uh where you know this is a world that has been sort of reset probably multiple times at this point back to square one so you have like a mixture of modern futuristic and like feudal all at the same time there are castles in frankenstein the unconquered and there's modern science and there's laser you know <laughs> primitive there's laser pistols and there's maces and it's i mean it's a little fallout in that regard but at the same time i i don't even think we ever referenced like the fallout universe while thinking of frankenstein that literally just popped into my head is like oh yeah that also has laser pistols and in a sandy <laughs> desert well, world fallout doesn't have shoulder mounted javelin rockets so like you know no it doesn't have that. It doesn't have. Uh, it doesn't have uh, battle reindeer. It doesn't have yeah. uh, winged uh, mastodons. There's a lot <laughs> of things that I, th I think it was just like we wanted this world to be sort of a confluence of everything that looks like it would be cool on the cover of a Megadeth album. Yeah. <laughs> if if it if you can look at it and go, wow, that's really badass. That's that goes in the comic. <laughs> Yeah, we're the, not stopping um, to ask how it got there. <laughs> yeah, because when you're working with something like Frankenstein, and, and and make no mistake, Frankenstein the Unconquered is a sequel to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, you're right. always working with that hovering over you, and you're always going to have little things peppered here and there that uh, are from other things. But to Will's point, the 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 nature of the world itself uh, allows for anything to pop up that you can that you can think of that makes it fresh or feel unique or feel badass without having to actually like world build and figure out currencies and languages like none of that stuff's important until it shows up on the page so like it's it's really a moment to moment kind of world building that we can put a piece of ourselves in uh and and make the world feel at the very least cool mm -hmm. yeah Maybe one day we'll draw a map, but uh, it's, it's not going to be for a while. No, no? <laughs> I feel like Frankenstein's Earth is very much like the Simpsons Springfield in that don't ask. <laughs> yeah, like anything could pop up anywhere. Don't yeah. don't worry about the geography of it. <laughs> okay, well, how has both of your experiences been searching for collaborators to work with? And how did it differ from Megaton to Frankenstein the Unconquered? And how did you know that those people were right for this for those jobs, I should say? Oh, that is that's that's a big question. <laughs> um, well, well the, in in both cases, uh, the the answer was uh, scouring social media. Uh, we for Megaton actually probably took longer and more tries to find collaborators than uh, than Frankenstein did. Uh, 
for Mechaton, we went through a couple different like pairs of artists and colorists that for one reason or another didn't work out before we landed on uh, Fernando and Megan, who are uh, just fantastic and bring exactly the energy that we wanted for, mm-hmm. for Mechaton. But Mechaton was like harder for us to define. Uh, I like we went into Frankenstein knowing what we wanted it to look like, uh, which was and honestly knowing who we were very wanted. like yeah <laughs> we wanted it to look like Conan uh, <laughs> at least to an extent we wanted like that comparison to be there so we wanted something heavy and grungy and uh, you know big muscly dudes throw like throwing around big swords uh, very. Oh God, you're gonna kill me. What's the name of that artist? Frank something rather. Oh, Frazetta. The guy that does the Frazetta. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, we wanted it to feel very Frazetta. Uh, and then for for a color palette, uh, the entire time I was just like, uh, Brad Simpson's Bloodborne. Brad Simpson on Bloodborne and and Coffinbound. That's what I want it to look like, uh, like color wise. So finding those artists uh the the colorist took a little bit of work but we found uh Dahlia Maha who is uh who I, I met through a couple of different indie comics contact contacts basically the way you find people is by knowing people already and having and being like hey do you know anyone that can do this and they're like yes I've worked with them five times uh Mary was actually one of the artists on our on our very first published work Descent into Dread uh which oh, Frankenstein, we sort of did yeah, not on Frankenstein, who was also in that uh, anthology, uh, but we saw how like heavily cross-hatched and shadowed and um, intense her style was and was like, yeah, this is kind of a natural fit. Um, that entire project was sort of on purpose. We wanted to work with as many artists as possible so that later we could come back and go, you know who would be really good for this project? <laughs> One of these 12 people. <laughs> Uh, but both are really fantastic. And then, uh, and then Nathan is uh, doing the letters for Frankenstein. He is an incredibly underrated uh, letterer, he's in my fantastic. opinion. Uh, he, he also does the lettering. Him. Yeah, he he does the lettering for Mechaton as well. And uh, in both scenarios, he just gives us these really creative choices that sort of floor us and tie everything together. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier to be working with this team. I think they're mm-hmm. fantastic. Okay. Um, well, what advice would you offer to other artists? It can be comics writers. It can be pretty much in general. Um, would you offer to oh, someone um, <laughs> you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Don't do it. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be it. like... <laughs> No, it's 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 a wonderful, uh, fulfilling process, uh, but it is also extremely stressful and ex- and and expensive, uh, especially to be a writer. Um, mm-hmm. I can't speak to the uh, to the artist side of things, but there's no like there's no demand for comic writers. You know, no one no one's out here being like, God, I want to draw something cool, but I really really need someone to help me make it a reality. They just go draw it. So if you want to write comics, the reality is you got to put a lot of money forward and say, hey, uh, I need you to draw my thing and I need you to do it well. And I need to be able to pay you <laughs> to like a reasonable rate to do it, um, which sucks. But, you know, uh, I, I've never met a comic creator that didn't have a second job. So 
that's just sort of the reality of it at least right now my my hope is that one day we will see a market that is less broken than the comics market but uh the comics market is completely broken so (laughs) sorry yeah i told you don't don't do it if you're if you're looking to make like a long-term business decision for yourself probably do something else (laughs) but if you like if you need if 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 you're making comics because you love comics and you want to like make art that is Mm -hmm. like worthwhile and lasting then i think it's a great endeavor and it's it certainly uh teaches you how to work with a creative team in a way that really no other business will uh and it i mean it teaches you how to you know how to create things in a very personal way uh but yeah, those two things, it's expensive and it's a headache. Uh, and you just have to be willing to deal with that. Yeah, I, uh, well, there is no plan B. So like comics had better work because I don't know how to do anything else. Same. But, but uh, in terms of it, like, I wish somebody had told me like just how much it, it can feel like work sometimes. Like, because y- you go in wanting to do your, your the thing you're passionate about and uh make comics or the 19 things that dalton's passionate about yeah like it all comes back to he comes to me like every week he's like hey i have an idea for a superhero thing and i'm like can you just what can you just slow down please (laughs) there's always something new uh but but as great as those ideas are as great as uh it is to to draw something and actualize it uh there are days where just it's gonna be work and uh, you, where it's a lot of uh, number crunching or it's a lot of uh, like talking to, to people you'd rather not talk to to try and get the job done or, or navigating contracts or, or pay rates or uh, figuring out what the color palette is, which is especially hard because I'm colorblind. Like it, <clears throat> it all, it, it's all super fulfilling and you should definitely do it but it, it there are days where it feels it's just going to feel like work uh so you it, it's best to have that in mind because no matter what you want to do there are days where it, it's, it's just work and you have to put your nose to the grind and and just do it and i had to learn that very early on because i realized nobody was going to draw my crap and i had to draw it myself and that's how we got the Frankenstein ash cans. And I had to put my nose oh. down to do the work. Correction. No. Correction. No one was going to draw your crap for free. That's the big caveat. <laughs> so I drew it myself and they looked terrible, but we made an ash yeah. can. And, and we, we made something. And that was, ash can got us, that ash can yeah. got us the attention of a publisher. And that publisher yes. connected us to artists. And here we mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So uh, put your nose. Like it's her. worth doing. That's what it is. But- all right, well, my last question for you two is, what is your idea of success? So I asked that to pretty much everyone. Um, I asked that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures or we consider ourselves failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success? I was hoping you guys knew. Um, I want to, I want to eat a polar bear. That's your success. <laughs> so, yes, that's um, success. No, right. uh, no, success, Sorry, guys. Su- success to me. I'm a vegetarian. I don't even eat meat. Uh, 
I love no, that it, that's what you had to qualify. <laughs> uh, success in comics to me is uh, getting the con- like if I can if I can tell my stories I'll I'll have succeeded. If I don't make a dollar from it the entire time, it'll be worth it. But if I like if if all the money I make just goes toward getting the next thing made, that's fine. Uh, but I've got to tell these stories somewhere and I need people to read them. So if that much happens, if a minimum of that happens, I'm happy. I'd like to make some money though. It'd be nice. <laughs> We'd all love to. It'd be really nice to quit my job. But see, success to me is in the similar vein, but I don't know that I actually would need anyone to, you know, read it. Um, I, I when when I get a hold of a book in my hands that I did, like that to me is success on its own. I don't. Uh, part of me doesn't get the satisfaction of people reading it and telling me it was really good. Like, I just love having something I did in my hands and that being enough and fulfilling for me. Um, so nobody could ever read Frankenstein. I hope they do. Cause you know, I, I want to keep making Frankenstein, but the fact that, but if I can just hold it in my hands and say, I did it, that that's success to me. That's all I need. Now that I, I realize we're talking to an audience. So let me rephrase. Success is $10,000 on the Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> Success is your pledge. <laughs> March No, I think I, I remember uh, during our second year of doing cons, so like, what, 2018, 2019, whatever. Yeah. Um, during our second year of doing conventions, uh, we were doing either uh comic conway or arkansas comic con one of the ones that we had been to before and mm-hmm. like i think it was like 17 18 year old uh woman came up to us and was like hey uh, i bought one of your comics last time and i read it and i really really liked it uh can i have the rest of them and like that was the best feeling i've ever had in comics <laughs> so i think i'm just chasing that I think I'm just chasing that one person who was like, hey, I, I actually really connected with the thing that you read uh, and I want to read the rest of it. <laughs> like that was that jazzed up and remembered us from last year <laughs> to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I'm just waiting for that feeling to come back again. The goal is to build again. addicts. That, that's all we need. We just need addicts. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, if, if, if uh, Marvel and DC can get away with uh, stealing my money every month for 20 years, trying to figure out what happens to Green Lantern next, then uh, I think I can do the same, right? Just got to build an attic. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds um, about right. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else um, I'll leave you want to touch on about the Kickstarter as a whole that I may have missed? Uh, we have, yeah, March 28th, it comes out. We have a really incredible team working on it. Um, we also, we, I, I, we went super far out of our way to like make sure as as many women were working on it as possible, which is maybe a strange choice considering it's about toxic masculinity, but I feel like one that really paid off. So we have Mary Landrum, uh, Dahlia Maha, uh, Heather Vaughn did the cover, uh, Brenda Snellby did the uh, design, uh, Fellhound did uh, the variant cover. Uh, it's like one of the coolest teams I've gotten to work with. So just for like the art itself and what it's going to wind up being, I really recommend people check it out. 
Um, but I'm I'm really proud of the team, and I hope that uh, you guys get excited about it as we do. Yeah, and we do have a pre-launch page uh, that you can go check yes. out and sign up for the please notify me on launch. Uh, and yep. that way, if it isn't launched already, then uh, you can yeah go to the pre-launch page. It will t- it will send you an email uh, when it launches, and if you don't uh, pledge it right away, it will send you an email toward the end of the campaign as well to let you know, hey, for real, go <laughs> pledge. Uh, other than that, you can catch us on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. At least you can catch me on Twitter. I'm I'm at Wells Thomp T H O M P, uh, and there you can find my Ko-Fi, my uh, uh, newsletter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, there's lots of different places that you can uh, read our stuff and uh, see what we're up to. But Twitter is the best place to find me because it kind of connects everything. And then and Dalton uh... has an Instagram. I'm at Dalton K. Shannon on everything, uh, but I'm very bad at social media. So uh, just to, to make sure you you scream at me and I, I, I might wake up. Uh, yeah, that's, that's us. All right. That's us. Well, uh, again, I want to thank the writing collaborators, Wells Thompson and Dalton Shannon, here to promote their upcoming Kickstarter comic, Frankenstein, The Unconquered. I highly recommend our listeners to give Frankenstein Unconquered a look, share, and back if, if they can when the Kickstarter launches. All of Wells and Dalton's socials will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested in following along for updates about the Kickstarter. Also, the Kickstarter link itself will be available at a later date, but as you said before, um, the pre-launch will be available, but then the full, um, act, when it actually launches, I'll repost it as well. So uh, the pre-launch uh, turns into the yeah 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 the pre-launch well, I, link turns into the regular link, so it should be fine. <laughs> yeah, but I normally list it as the pre-launch, but then I'll put it up again sure. with yeah. the full one. Okay, um, great. <laughs> you do. You. But uh, yeah, again, uh, I am KS Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdberg Podcast. Thank you. Kaka.